Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Well, we're going to pray that just that God would have our hearts in the right place. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word says that you love a cheerful giver, that you love givers who are excited to join and partner with, with your kingdom and with the work that you're doing. You love cheerful givers and you bless them, you give them favor. We want to see more of that. And so we just pray that you would, you would transform our hearts. If, if any of us in this room, if we're giving and uh, we're not cheerful. God, that you, you would just begin a new work in our hearts that would uh, give us an understanding of what it means to be able to, to take back territory for your kingdom, to steal enemy ground back, to rescue people from hell, to rescue people from sin and death and darkness. God, we just, you are good. We give you this offering. We thank you for everything you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, they're going to pass those things along, and we're, we're going to jump in. Today, what I want to talk about is um, our expectations of things, our expectations of of things in our lives, expectations are actually a really big deal. Uh, so one of the things that I go through uh, in premarital counseling with couples who are interested in being married to each other, uh, and also I go through this process with couples who are struggling, I have a, a basically a worksheet that I've made up over the years because it, it thing. And so I have a, a worksheet made up that's called money, sex, and those pesky expectations. Money, sex, and expectations are what cause divorce. Money, sex, expectations. And so a lot of times it's in the expectation department. This is the surprise one for you. I might need new batteries maybe. I don't know. Something's, something's going wonky. Maybe. But have you had, um, you know, certain expectations about something and just wildly surprised by how different uh, the actual reality ended up being? Uh, I'm saying, have you guys ever had a McRib from, from McDonald's? And you had a certain expectation. Oh. And then what did you get in that box? Oh my God, this is a crime scene. <laughs> Test one, two, hey! Okay, so you have a certain expectation. You've heard all about this McRib. It's a limited time several weeks a year. It's got to be, I mean, so many people say it's great. It's got to be, it's got to be great, right? Got expectations. Then you go get it. Open that box. And it's, you're supposed to eat this in a car. It's like a, a 
Anyways, expectation versus reality. Expectation versus reality. Am I not on? I'm on. I, I can hear it. Oh, man. Ice cream cone, Mike. aren't good, and if I'm feeling good and doing good, it's kind of like, well, I, I don't want to brag. I don't. And so I think a lot of us start to fall into this place where we're afraid to ever admit if we're doing good or if we're excited about something. I want to read you guys a quick story uh, from Lelena Tucker, who goes to church here. She's one of my favorite people in the world. She sent this story in uh, a while back, and I took it down just because it, it, it was meaningful to me, and I wanted to share it with you. It says this. It says, hi, my daughter and myself went out, and we fed a family tonight. She said, it was for a family that was given to us by the church. It was amazing to show my daughter what Thanksgiving is all about and how important it is to do what God tells you to do. On Saturday, we made up our grocery list, and I've never had a better time at the grocery store before. I spent $80, of which, honestly, I really didn't have. But I just knew in my heart that we were going to be feeding a family of five, and how could I celebrate Thanksgiving when I knew that I could make somebody else's Thanksgiving, and what if I didn't do it? And so I went, I went into work on Monday, and my boss, he pulls me aside, he pulls me into his office, and he gives me $50, a gift card to Kroger's, and says, Happy Thanksgiving. At that moment, I thought about your sermon last Sunday, that we're only borrowing God's money, and that he'll take care of us and lead us on the path of life that we need to be on. That, and I just wanted to share my joy with you and the blessings that were given to me and my child. God is so very good. God is so very good. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 
It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine, the one who, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine, and so he's speaking of the Lord, he's talking about God, that he is able to do immeasurably more. Can you guys count to immeasurably? He can do that much more than you could ever ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within you. The translation for that is basically this, that God can do infinitely more than we could ever even try to do, that we could ever imagine doing, that we could ever come up with a goal list of doing. He can do infinitely more than we ever can. And so here's what we're going to start today with, a prayer together. I want you to pray this and just say it out loud. Pray it and say it out loud. Uh, God, you can do infinitely more than I can ask or imagine. You can do infinitely more than I can ask or imagine. I suck at imagining things. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Guess I should have ended that prayer with an amen, huh? My first. My first week, if you're new, thanks for, um, it's because of this. But this is one of those mantra prayers that you could grab a hold of if you want to, if you need to be praying this prayer. I need to pray this prayer because if I'm honest, uh, most of the time I don't believe that God can do much more than I can. And so I have to continually be praying this prayer and reminding myself that he's not me. He's not human. He's not just me plus like 17% better. Like he's the Lord, the King of Kings, the Alpha and Omega, the creator of the universe, the one who hung the stars in the sky. He's able to do infinitely more than I could ever ask or imagine. And so today is about uh, what would it look like if we began to raise our expectations as people and uh, if we were in a place where we believed that God was going to do more than we usually do? What I've experienced in my walk with Jesus is that when you believe he's going to show up and do cool stuff, he shows up and he does cool stuff when you believe that he's going to. If you don't believe he's going to, I've noticed he usually don't. He doesn't show up. And we say, oh, just like I, yep, just like I said, you have power in your words. And you can speak things into existence and you can speak them out of existence. And you can invite them and you can repel them. What happens in our life is we have expectations about something. And so um, if I'm off work, my wife has to work that day, um, she might have an unspoken expectation that I'm home all day, and she's been busy, and she gets home, and for some reason, the sink is still full of dishes, and 
Uh, there's all the stuff is still laying everywhere that it was. And she says, what, what were you doing today? I'm like, mm-hmm. Her expectation, she might have had one of those invisible, unspoken expectations that, well, you know, he doesn't really have a lot going on. He's going to do the freaking dishes. He's going he's gonna to use the vacuum. He's going to do this. And it's an expectation. And she gets home, and the expectation is not met. And I let her down. And she's like, oh, man, I had this expectation. Like, I, had, I just thought, I just figured you were going to, you guys ever get in trouble figuring they were going to do it? Like, just figuring that I thought you were going to, that was the expectation. If I did this, you would do this. If they don't meet the expectations, then you're, you're disappointed. Here's the, so you guys know how quickly during COVID we just adapted to being, like, just, uh, insect people that were like, mm, guess we don't go outside anymore. <laughs> like the the world at large adapted to that pretty quick. Oddly, oddly, the world did adapt to that way more than we thought that it would. Just going, yeah, we don't leave now. We just stay here because humans are super adaptable. And unfortunately, because we're super adaptable, if somebody let us down when we had expectations about something we will quickly start to readjust and lower our expectations again and again and again and again so that we don't get let down. I don't want to get let down by somebody, and so I'm just going to lower them myself so that they don't have to disappoint me if I just drop them down, because I keep getting let down anyways, right? They're not meeting what I want to happen, and so, or God isn't. You had certain expectations, he's not meeting them, and so you start bringing them down and bringing them down and bringing them down. Maybe you were growing up in a church where you believed that you could pray for people and they could be healed of things, and you had faith that it could happen, and you had 100% belief when you went and you prayed for someone with another person, another couple people, and you laid hands on them, and you were believing that God was going to move in some incredible way, and nothing happened, and that that's a faith breaker for people. What happens so often is they end up going, well, that was embarrassing. Uh, I don't ever want to put myself out there like that anymore. I don't know what I did wrong if I did something wrong or if God did something wrong. I don't know if I can trust God. I don't know. All these I don't knows make us go, I'm going to lower my expectations down to where I don't pray for people to be healed anymore. I'm just not going to do that, right? And so we lower those expectations. We end up and then we end up experiencing lame, lame existence. Because uh, if you lower your expectations down to the floor, you will start meeting them all the time. All of a sudden, you'll start meeting them. And you're, yep, getting exactly, what I, getting exactly what you were planning for. But the experience of your life is going to be determined by the height of your expectations. And so even if you've been let down even though that is the normal thing to do is to protect ourselves and say, well, I'm going to lower my expectations so I don't get hurt again. Actually raising your expectations is the thing that's going to determine if your life is, is the life that Jesus talks about, life to the full, an everlasting life. John 10, chapter 10, he says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. 
that they may have life and have it to the full. Do you have life to the full? I, I know you have life. You're here, most of you. But do you have life to the full? Everlasting life? And I'm, I don't mean just like eternity. I mean life to the full right now. Any of you lower your expect? Have you been lowering and lowering and lowering and lowering so you don't get hurt? Lowering and lower. It's just easier that way, right? You know what stinks about it, though? Your life ends up sucking. Yeah. Here's the thing that God is reminding us about today. Don't let what you expected keep you from what God wants you to experience. Don't let what you expected keep you from what God wants you to experience. And this is in the big stuff and in the little stuff. I'm trying to practice this myself lately. Um, you know, in all, all kinds of different ways. <laughs> you guys know some of my story that have been here for a while that um, just grew up extremely poor. Uh, wasn't sure if you know, if I was ever going to be able to, <laughs> here's what I'll tell you. I never, when I was a little kid, I never, ever imagined. I could never ask for or imagine the things that God's done in my life. I could never, as a little kid, even when I was dreaming, like, God, get me out of here. Like, you got to take me somewhere else. I couldn't ask for or imagine the places that he's taken me. And so part of my story is that uh, it's some, you know, we were poor and even, we got married at 20 years old. We bought a, a house out of a sheriff's auction that was worse than we could ever ask for or imagine. And they said that it was condemned. We bought it and they said, congratulations, it's condemned. You cannot legally live in it. It is so bad, you have to do $30,000 worth of work before you can sleep in there. Well, guess what? I slept in there, but anyways. <laughs> my lease was up in my apartment. I had to stay somewhere. And so we started working on that house, and we didn't know how to work on that house. We didn't know how to do anything. And uh, I wasn't handy in any way. And it would drive me crazy because we were, on that edge of be we were on that edge of poor all the time where it was like the car breaks and you're done. <laughs> the car breaks and we don't have a house anymore. The car, like, if something, you're on the edge. You're so on the edge of it. We were there for so long. And, uh, you know, so I decided that I was going to start working on stuff myself and save money. And I found this thing called YouTube. If you haven't seen it, look it up. It will teach you how to do anything. You could become a brain surgeon if you want to. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, brain surgeons have tons of YouTube channels that they watch constantly to sharpen skills. Uh, YouTube is incredible, and it will teach you how to do anything you could ever ask or imagine. And YouTube taught me how to work on things. And so I started fixing the car and saving money, and I started fixing things at the house. 
and saving money. And my wife and I started working on things together, and we started being able to work on just about anything that anybody could ever ask or imagine. And all of a sudden, I don't, I don't know when, I'm, I really am not trying to brag in some way, don't hear that. We can do anything. We can do anything. We can fix anything. I can fix anything. How did that happen? How did that happen? For me, that happened because I discovered that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, even a radiator. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, raising my expectation level to, you know what? My expectation level used to be, man, if I even try to do this, I'm going to screw it up even worse because that's what I had done in the past. I broke it worse, and it cost even more of the money that we didn't have. And my expectation was that, man, if I do it, I'm just going to make it even worse if we don't have the money. And so I had to change my expectation to I can and will figure out how to fix that thing. I'm just going to figure out how to fix it. Whatever it is, God by my side, YouTube on my other one, I'm covered. And so the thing that happened for us in our life is that all of a sudden our experiences started to rise up to the level of our expectations more often. Like we were getting let down less and our experiences started coming up to new things that we weren't used to as we brought those expectations up as we started to have a shift in our perspective and really just get into agreement with God. I don't know if you guys have ever read the Bible before, but he says some crazy things about you. He says some crazy things about you and what you're able to accomplish and who you are and how much he loves you and the special things that he put inside of you to make you creative and different and gifted and and just loved. All of a sudden, your experiences start coming up to the level of your expectations. Um, do any of you know really, really generous people in your life? Really generous people? Anybody? You're like, no, I, I burned that bridge. <laughs> generous, generous people. Generous people expect to be generous. They're not surprised by it. It's a plan. It's a plan to be generous. I'm going to be generous whenever I possibly can. Not, I don't know, maybe if it's a... And so if you're one of those people who's waiting for it, you're waiting like, I don't know if the, if it, the fancy strikes me. I'm just waiting for God to leap. No, generous people premeditate it. Generous people have an expectation to be generous. The three wise men traveling across the land to come and see Jesus after his birth. Hey, you got anything on you? I don't, yeah, do you got anything? I don't know. Like, uh, I have, what do you got? Mm, Bazooka Joe rapper. Dunkin' Donuts gift card with like 27 cents on it. The wise men are traveling to Jesus, and they don't reach around in their pockets and find out if they just happen to have something on them. They know that they're going to see the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Messiah, who was just born, the Son of God himself. 
And so they are expecting to see him and bring him a gift. They're not just going to, eh, I don't know, whatever, whatever works. We have um, friends of ours who have what they call God money. It's in an envelope, and it says God money on it. They went through uh, the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University a long time ago, and they were in all kinds of debt, and they, they worked super hard at getting out of debt and using the envelope system and, and just paying things off. And they got to a point where everything had been paid off, and they... And they made a God envelope. This was, this was God money. And it was, gonna, it was basically so that they could expect opportunities to give that money away. And so every week they were going to tuck more money into it. And what's the God money envelope up to? Oh my gosh, it's at $1,600. What are we going to do with it? And these opportunities would present themselves that were just perfect time and again. And they didn't have to hem and haw about it and go, oh, let me pray to see if God wants me to help. Let me check my bank statement to see if, you know, have you ever had God lead you? And then you check your bank account and you're like, not this week, Lord. <laughs> I have. <laughs> check, check back on Thursday. And so these opportunities would come up, and they were just wait, they were looking for them. They're looking for opportunities to give that money away, and they figured it out that more. It, it, the thing that made them happy in their life was not more stuff, not more stuff. In Colossians chapter one, it says, "For in Him, all things were created, things in heaven and things on earth, visible and invisible." Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. God wants to, to bless us. God wants to bless us, and that is, that's hard for me to swallow sometimes. And that's one of those ones I have to read again and again and again because I grew up thinking that God wanted to kill me. And so I have to read in a hundred different places with all these different translations and all these words. And a lot of people end up going to college for multiple years and they, they keep trying to read it in different ways and figure out if it's really true or not. And it, it, just, it just really is. It's really true. It's really true that God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. He's going to keep challenging your expectations in your life, and you can, you can either give up on dreams, give up on a future, or you can lean into it. You can lower your expectations to that sad, natural state where it's boring and it's, achievable. it's easily achievable because you don't have any expectations. It's very easily doable. But for those of us who get that stirring in our spirit, that kind of holy discontent, that thing that's like not okay with um, 
the, the way that the world is operating, the, the thing that's inside of you that says, no, I, I want more in my life. When I read it and it says everlasting life, life to the full, and I look at my life, it feels like I'm kind of at like 33% full. I want life to the full. What does that, what does that mean? And so here's what we're saying today. God, will you raise our expectations? Do you have low expectations? God, will you raise our expectations? Will you raise our expectations? Because when God raises our expectations and we figure it out that our ceiling is actually, our ceiling is actually way too low and we ask God to help us dream, because all of us, when you're a little kid, you'll dream really hard and good stuff because you haven't had life kicked out of you. And over time, you just start, you're like, I'm not dreaming. No thanks. What, am I just looking to get my feelings hurt? But when God starts to raise your expectations and all of a sudden that ceiling is too low and you start to dream again, a couple years back, we had a dream to uh, turn this back building into the Hope Center. And um, the most that we'd ever raised with a fundraiser of any kind was about $60,000 over a period of time. And we needed about $200,000. And it just wasn't, you know, I mean, our expectation was that it just wasn't possible here. Um, but God had been taking us through this process of raising our expectations, and he said, just, just ask and see what happens. Just ask and see what happens. Why don't, you, um, why don't you put out the idea out there about what this could be and how many people in the community you could help, how many people you could bring the kingdom of God to. And see, and see what people do. In Matthew chapter 19, it says, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so God raised our level of expectation at that time, and all of a sudden, um, that gap that we had in between like our, our expectation and our experience, you know, um, you have expectation, and then if it, gets, if it gets ruined and you get your feelings hurt, uh, your experience was way lower, and it, it's a gap. It's a gap in between your expectation and your experience. When God comes in in this way, he is closing that gap up, and when we refuse to lower that expectation from whatever happened to you, however it didn't work out, if it was with people or with God, that... We're not going to base it on past experiences anymore. We're not going to base it on fear. We're going to get ourselves into agreement with what God says in his word. All, all God is looking for from you is a head nod about the things that he says about you and who you are and what you can do and what he can do with you. He's looking for head nods. But we read it and we're going, mm -mm -mm. He's like, just, I'm just, I'm just tell, just nod. <laughs> And so we, uh, you know, we asked a small group of our, our leaders, just ministry leaders, we got our, our group of leaders together and said, what do you think about if we try to turn this into a community center? We need, man, we need so much money, it feels like it's not possible. And that night, um, 
50 people committed $130,000 that night. They committed $130,000. And so all of a sudden, all of a sudden, our level of expectation starts to rise. It was one of those times when my wife and I, we looked in our bank account and we said, mm, we don't really have, I think we can probably give about, we could probably do $500 towards this to work on building this into a community center back there. We could probably do $500 from our family. We kept praying about it and we kept talking about this level of expectation being raised and okay, well, what if we raise it and we say, okay, well, all right, we got 500 bucks, but if, God, if you want to do something, uh, go ahead. Still, though, it's scary to write on the card. We made a commitment for $7,000. That we were going to give $7,000 over the course of this one year towards this. We are like, how are we going to do it? Mm, don't know. We don't know, but we know that if we bring our expectations up, that there's a good chance that God is going to move somehow. And so we just started doing side jobs, making things, selling them, building cutting boards, selling them for money for the, the Hope Center back there. And um, over the course of several months, we were able to give $5,500. We didn't meet our goal of seven grand. We didn't meet it. We couldn't. We couldn't do it. It was too much. But you know what we were going to give? We were going to give 500 bucks. We were going to give $500. But God did this thing with us where he raised our level of expectation about what we could just have fall in our lap all of a sudden. And it, uh, it went crazy. God can do more than you can ask or imagine. There's a bunch of different areas of your life where you have had an expectation that something was going to be a certain way. When I was growing up, I had expectations about, uh, you know, you have expectations about how a mom and a dad are supposed to be. And sometimes your expectations aren't met. When you're a parent, you have expectations about how your kids are supposed to be. And sometimes they aren't met, right? That one's a weirdo. How did that happen? I think I treated that one the same as the others. Sometimes your experience doesn't match your expectation. And so you will start to lower it and lower it and lower it. If you're a church person, you can't, you can't do that kind of thing. Um, we're, we're trying to build something and also we're trying to do something cool that is more powerful than just us up here and so we need the Holy Spirit to infuse something better than me and better than uh, just our words into things and so we pray expectantly that God is going to move in some way and that he's going to do something more than we ever could here's what we're going to finish today with today is just a I, fe I felt the need for a, a reminder about this, this expectation thing and that you need to know that uh, good is on its way. That good is on its way. That good is on its way and it'll 
keep heading that way, if you keep inviting it, and you keep saying yes to it, and you keep raising your expectation that God is going to do something good, and that, and that you deserve it, that it's okay to take it. You don't deserve it. It's a gift. I mean, you're given something that you didn't earn, you couldn't, you couldn't ever be good enough for. It's just you accepting it. Ephesians chapter 2 says you are alive with Christ. Romans 8 says you are free from the law of sin and death. Thank God. Ephesians 1 says you are born of God and the evil one cannot touch you. 1 John 5 says you are holy and without blame before him. Do you agree with that? God requires a head nod from you on what I just read, and I'm confessing to you it's very, very difficult for me to head nod this sentence. It's difficult for me to head nod this thing, but I am telling you the truth right now that I've come to that place of understanding, and as hard as it is to say, Jesus loves me, this I know. Man, he, he loves me more than any person ever could. And he loves me knowing all of that garbage that I did to other people, to myself. He loves me more than I could ever ask or imagine someone to love me. And he says that because of the work that he did on the cross for me, the hanging on the cross for me, that now when God looks at me, when God looks at me and describes me, when God looks at you, Patricia, and he describes you, he says, she, she is holy and without blame before him. Craig, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says that you have the mind of Christ. And God requires a head nod from you. That you have the mind of Christ. Chris Voinovich, Philippians chapter 4 says that you have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding inside of you. Mark chapter 16 says you've received the power to lay hands on the sick and to see them recover, to cast out demons, to speak with new tongues, to have power over all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. Philippians 4.13 says that you lack for nothing because God supplies all of your needs. It says that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. He says, you've been called out of darkness and into the light. I know for a long period of time, I felt like I was a child of darkness, that that was supposed to be who I was, that that's what I wanted, that um, I didn't want to be a goody-goody in some way. It's more fun to be, you know what I'm saying. I had to come into agreement with Jesus that I've been called out of darkness into the light. First Peter 2 says that, Lord, 
Nothing about you. Bill Sarver. It says, my goodness, this is a good one. You are God's child and that you are born again. That you are God's child, you are born again. That every single one of you in this room has a spiritual certificate of adoption with your name on it. That he's your heavenly father and that he wanted you. He didn't get stuck with you. He didn't get saddled with you. He didn't have to deal with you. He didn't have to figure you out what to do with you, where to put you. He chased after you. He, he longed for you. He had your name written on that certificate of adoption just waiting for you. You are God's child. Ephesians 2 says you are God's workmanship. Has anybody ever told you you are one serious piece of work? It's because you're God's workmanship. Created for good works. Romans 8 says you are a joint heir with Christ. What do we talk about in here all the time? That I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but I got a tattooed on my arm right here as a reminder. And this is one of those ones where I feel like an idiot explaining it to people who are outside of the church. Like, what do you mean? Why do you have a king's crown on your arm that says royalty? Well, I have that because I've given my life to Jesus. He's, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's, he's my father in heaven. And since he's the king of kings, um, and he says that I'm his boy, that, um, that I'm a prince in the kingdom of God, that I'm royalty, that you, as a believer, have a father who is the king of kings, the lord of lords. He is at the top of the food chain of all the royalty. And that you are a co-heir with Christ, it says, a joint heir, Romans 8. Further, it says you are more than a conqueror. 2 Corinthians says you are the righteousness of God. 1 Corinthians 6 says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't let it leak out. Matthew 5 says you're the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Psalm 66 says you have been transferred from the power of darkness and translated into God's kingdom. You are called by God to be the voice of his praise. Ephesians 2 says you are raised up with Christ and seated in heavenly places. Romans 5 says you are loved by God. You are loved by God. Today's a reminder that um, if, if we start to come into agreement with, with God that he can do more than we could ever ask or imagine with that, that that in itself is a huge act of faith. Just getting that to that place of saying, God, you can do way more than I ever could. And I, even, if, even if I've been let down, even if I was the one praying for that person and nothing happened, even if I was the one being prayed for and nothing happened, you know how many times I've been prayed for and nothing happened that I could feel at the time? I'm kind of opening one eye up because they're still going. They're like wanting something to happen and 
been like 27 minutes now. I'm like, oh man, my knees are shaking. Just let me go. Just let me go. But I get it. Man, sometimes you get let down, and so you don't want to try again. Today is to remind us that if we can bring that level of expectation up, uh, God will bring our level of experiences up. Let's pray. God, thank you for um, just continually showing us new things about your kingdom, about your goodness, about what it is that you want to do. I'm praying against a spirit of religion right now for anyone in this room who grew up in a, maybe they grew up in a, a church that maybe maybe 99% of it was great, but at some point they they grabbed hold of this idea. They grabbed hold of this idea that that you that you really couldn't do all that much. Really, that if anything was going to happen, it was going to be up to us. But Lord, we see in your word that it says that is when you begin to activate, that is when you step in, that is when your time to shine is at when we come to our limit, when we come to our end, when we can't do anything else, that that's where all things are possible because of you. And so we say, come Holy Spirit. We say, come Holy Spirit. Just pray that you would be speaking to us right now. That you would be uh, giving us dreams and visions throughout this week. That you'd be answering things we've been trying to figure out. I'm praying that there would be checks in the mail right now that don't make any sense to people. And that they're going to have to solve it later. Of Why did we get this money? Are we really allowed that? Yes, it's a blessing from God. So God, we, we just pray that you would bless us. That you would raise our level of expectation to where we, we just nod our head with you about what you say in your word. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you guys for hearing me ramble. Hey, if you want to be prayed for for anything at all, we'll have some prayer team people over here by the cross who would love to pray for you. And um, yeah, I hope you guys have a good week and uh, see you soon. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.